Welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. And I'm Taylor. It's the week we've all been waiting for, maybe just me and Jordan, but hopefully more than us, because we finally (laughs) get to talk about succession. And it just so happened to end on the same week that Pen15 ended. We also have to give a little bit of love to Pen15. So... They're not the first season of a show or anything. Listen at your own risk because there will might be spoilers for both shows because we just can't help ourselves and have to talk about it all. Hope, hope you enjoy. Very excited. It's actually weird. Something that keeps coming up is like, I don't really think of Succession as like a niche show because mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many people that I'm talking to about it and analyzing it, but mm-hmm. like not the whole world isn't watching it. It's confusing to me. The whole world should have dedicated holidays. I guess they do. Sunday nights were <laughs> dedicated holidays um, to watch it. Everyone should have been watching. And it's not too late. No, no. And it's actually fun talking to people that are late to the show who now are catching up. Because it's like, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's fun. It's, it's fun to relive it and then catch up together. You get to be their, like, emotional support animal. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (sighs) I love it. Um, But first, per usual, we've got some TV news. Um, Okay, I'll go first. My first piece of news is that Mindy Kaling's show, The Sex Lives of College Girls, which we have not watched yet, but I think it's still airing. Maybe. I don't know. It's hard with those HBO Max shows because they're released in chunks, but yeah, um, it was renewed for a second season. So happy yeah, kudos. I really have not heard that much about it. Me neither. I mean, I follow Mindy, so I feel like I, I definitely it's not like it's completely off my radar. But as far as like reviews go, I really I feel like maybe I've heard some positive some mixed but other than that nothing so i'm i'm still pretty intrigued i i should watch it yeah i agree i'll probably binge it over the christmas break Mm -hmm. they dropped the new trailer for um the new series coming from adam mckay on hbo max a winning time that is like the history of the lakers institution basically and Mm -hmm. um I, it was a very entertaining trailer. I thought it looked really interesting and fun, especially as someone who knows nothing about the Lakers, really. <laughs> um, and something that was interesting is that it's like, like Adam McKay, obviously, like Succession. When I think of an HBO show and Adam McKay involved, I think of Succession. But this was very much more like big short vibes, mm-hmm. um, which was fun. And so it's like I... Um, I didn't really know what to expect from this show, but the trailer was very entertaining, so I'm excited. Yeah, I really enjoyed the trailer as well, and um, especially seeing John C. Riley playing the character that he's playing, mm-hmm. because um, I don't really have to talk about this, but I think it's interesting, so I'm going to. All the tea <clears throat> and all the drama. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we've talked about Adam McKay and Will Ferrell and how they had a falling out. And I recently read an interview with Adam McKay where he basically said the reason why they split up and like are no longer a duo is because 
Will wanted to be hired in this role that John C. Riley was actually hired to play. And Adam didn't even like call him to tell him that he wasn't getting the role. And very fascinating. But like seeing the role, I was like, I already feel like John C. Riley is a better call, but I also haven't seen the show. I know. And I don't know anything about the real person. Me but neither. I mean, the whole situation is so awkward um, sounding. So it was really interesting that Adam McKay was like, like saying everything it was almost like wow you're really giving us the whole story to the press like yeah it felt like i was like reading a daily mail article (laughs) but it was like no it was like a legitimate interview and he was saying all of this like we usually don't get that straight up of details it's usually like putting together a bunch of pieces totally and so the whole thing was very interesting and um i mean personally like yeah i think will ferrell's a good actor i think taylor and i both love stranger than fiction for example but i do do think john c Riley is like has more subtlety so maybe he was probably a better choice so yeah but it's like you said like i don't i'm going in with no context for the role but i can just kind of see why john c Riley. he has more of a dramatic background but it's interesting just like adam mckay handled it terribly will ferrell took it super personally maybe too personally very sad it's pretty sad story really yeah it is but excited to watch it yeah yeah i liked the trailer it was fun all right my last piece of news is that they're going to be releasing a documentary on the end of insecure which (gasps) i'm so excited about oh my gosh that's the best news ever oh i know so it's really cute because um, Jordan, you'll love the trailer because it has like a ton of like great footage of like when the cast was all saying goodbye oh, that we no. were like obsessed with watching yes. on Instagram. Um, there's so an interview emotional. where Jay Ellis is crying and yeah, it drops on the 26th. So oh my gosh, very excited to have that. That's such amazing news. Wow. I really feel like I binged both Succession and insecure before their final seasons were dropping and now i just have to go back and start from the beginning with both of them (laughs) and now i'll have a documentary to top it all off cherry on top Mm -hmm. wow that's beautiful i'm excited it'll be good yeah best news ever all right before we get into succession and our top three is succession based so let's talk pen 15 really quick because we owe it to our girls to discuss the final installment of pen 15 how what were your overall takes and opinions on chapter two of season two i guess was what they're calling it something like that. yeah it was the listings on hulu were kind of confusing because i would be like wait it skipped ahead to episode 10 be like oh no just 10 of (laughs) season two it was kind of weird um it was it was like another great chunk of episodes um I want to talk about a really good point that Taylor brought up when we were kind of discussing the season a little bit um, off air. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What that I thought was like so accurate was that there's a lot of episodes. Well, a lot, I guess mainly two episodes this season that take the focus away from Maya and Anna. One One of those episodes is focusing on Maya's mom and it's, 
very good and I think really fit in with this final season because we've just haven't gotten to know Maya's mom as an individual person yet and so that was like that was very fitting because it's a character we love at by this point the other one about Anna's grandma wasn't as satisfying and the way Taylor put it I mean feel free I I can quote you back to you (laughs) please do I love Um, it but it was just such a good point to me that it's like that episode while it had some really good Maya Anna moments it was just kind of sad that um it was introducing us to like a new character and spending most of the time dealing with this new character rather than letting us spend this final season with another special Maya Anna episode Exactly. Like out of the seven new episodes we got, two of them were dedicated like dedicated to other characters and then yeah, it just felt it was just like it it just made me feel sad that we really only got five special episodes with the two of them. But mm-hmm. yeah, I loved the episode of Maya's mom. So like I think I'll love it all put together as a season, but watching it individually and knowing that it was the final episodes of pen 15 it was like a little heartbreaking but i would say that the finale made up for it because i loved the finale it was so um hard to watch but also beautiful and heartbreaking and loved it i cried a lot yeah it was beautiful i um and yeah one of the like most horrifying scenes they've had in the show but Mm -hmm. the way that it all and it's like true to life so you know yeah but the way that it all wraps up I it was amazing perfect ending to the show truly perfect ending and like their um their posts on Instagram about the show closing and like everything they went through making it was were really special too so if you haven't read those I highly recommend because they are very special they're so beautiful I'm just so glad we have this show to go back and rewatch a million times. And it's like, I may not have diaries from when I was a kid, but I'd way rather just watch Pen15 instead anyway. <laughs> um, speaking as someone who does have diaries, they're actually horrible to read. So <laughs> I would rather watch someone else reenact my childhood too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good to know. I love that. I think I said this to Taylor earlier this week too, was that um, it was a little, I actually found myself really missing their usual school friends, like the boys they hang out with, um, like Maya's crush, Sam, and the, I cannot remember his name, but the, the boy who's in the play with Maya. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name, but so I was really, that was another thing I loved about those, those like final scenes in the finale was that they do get to spend time with them and I just loved them so just wanted yeah, to shout them out they're so great and like um also stalking them on Instagram it's so cute because they're just like this has been like the honor of a lifetime oh being my in this gosh. show it's really uh, cute I didn't even know they had Instagram that's adorable I guess I think I think I only stalked Sam but it was really precious even in these seven episodes, there were still so many things that I related to. Like, for example, the main takeaways for me were hit clips. I'm so glad they brought up <laughs> hit clips. I was obsessed with hit clips. Um, also being worried about like your parents' wealth and if they were wealthy or poor and like how 
like I I ver- I related to that a lot. Like being overly concerned about like my parents' money weirdly and then also running away I did run away and um oh at the end they talk about having a double wedding and I just remember always wanting to have double weddings with everyone (laughs) oh my gosh still do probably (sighs) take away the pressure that's so funny I love that they went to a bat mitzvah huge part of my middle school life of mm-hmm. the buildup going to a, a bar or a bat mitzvah is just like I didn't ever get to go to one that had Dippin' Dots, but we I did go have <laughs> one go to one that had Cold Stone. That was cool, <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Yeah, sweet. when I watched that episode, I was excited because I knew that that was a big part of Jordan's upbringing and not me. Can't wait to see what they do now. I'm very excited. I yeah, think it'll be good. Same. Yeah, it'll be nice to see. I mean, they're so good at playing themselves as th- at 13, but I'm also excited to see them as adults. Agreed. One funny thing um, when I was rewatching Insecure is that I had forgotten that Maya plays like one of Molly's co-workers. Oh, and yeah. it's so funny because you're like, Maya? Like, I feel like I know <laughs> Maya so well. And it was so shocking to see her like not with a bowl cut. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... I'm excited for the. I'm excited for Maya to not have to ha- wear a bowl cut all the time, and for Anna not to wear braces all the time. <laughs> I'm sure they're just as glad. Yeah, totally. Love it. Love Pen Fifteen forever and ever. Mm-hmm. Big time. Hags Pen Fifteen. Hags Hackus. All right, on to what we've been waiting for: Succession season three. To start us off. Uh, for our top three, we're going to talk our top three favorite moments. We feel like this will kind of kill two birds with one stone talking about mm-hmm. our highlights. So, Jordan, what's your number three favorite moment from season three? Well, I mean, really, really tough to narrow it down. I um, Truly. And I feel like I have to preface this by it's like these some of these were moments that actually made me like cringe, like deep down to my soul but they're the moments that like really stood out to me and so I have to rank them you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and one of them so my number three is from the episode where all the Roy siblings are in Kendall's kids bedroom and it's right after Shiv went way too far insulting Roman and he like leaves the room and then when she comes back she says saw we (laughs) (laughs) Because to me, I was like, this is just her saying it in like the sar- this sarcastic, jokey way is so explains so much about Shiv. Like she cannot break down and actually apologize. But she also she like also knows that she went too far, you know. Mm-hmm. And so she has to say it in like this baby voice. And for that just was like. It's one, they're just so good about like a single tiny moment can summarize a whole character so well. Like that's crazy to me. Truly. That's a perfect like zoom in moment that shows that so perfectly. Um, but that's kind of my, my overall takeaway from this season was that the Roy's cannot express themselves or be vulnerable without doing it in a sarcastic joking manner, mm-hmm. which I mean, comes to a head in the final episode where, like, Shiv is the one who says, like, maybe we should be talking about these things in, like, a real way. 
And so I also love that you pointed that out because Shiv was the one to admit it in the end too. Yeah. Well, and I think that's such a good point that um, how they cannot be vulnerable because it also explains why like they can never like Kendall's so broken that he like kind of is trying to be like you know there's a lot of moments where he's being like even before the finale and they just are like shut up like you like we don't even understand what you're saying because like he's Mm -hmm. been through more with his addictions and stuff than they really have yet you know Mm -hmm. so he's just been so broken down that I don't they don't even speak that language yet of like yeah sincerity no they do not they don't get it they don't i'm intrigued to see how that plays out in the next season uh-huh because it's hard to it's hard to picture them not talking like that so mm-hmm. it's so interesting well and it also reminds it's like the callback to season two finale on the boat when roman's like oh like don't you think like he says something like that like oh maybe we should talk and they're all just like meh, 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 meh. like they literally all just meh, like mock him to his face and he's like oh like shut up sorry <laughs> it's so oh my gosh it's just so good (laughs) it really truly is my number three moment is from too much birthday and it's um kendall's fixation on connor's coat oh i i think that that is one of like the most like it's something that i will say now that will be a theme threaded throughout our entire conversation is that like almost all the dialogue and everything that happens on this show is like never for nothing. It always comes back and means something else. I don't know if this one will. I will be intrigued to see if it will. But I mean, other than just showing like Kendall's unwell, but I sadly like related to his fixation on the coat so much because of my um, misophonia where like if I hear a noise, I cannot I cannot not think about it until it stops. And there and then like I think about it so much there will be a time that if I don't say something I might actually murder someone. And so that is I related to Kendall so much in that um scene that I it made me a scared, but also it was just like so sad cuz I like I I got it. And but it was also hilarious. It's just great how this show can be all those things at the same time. Totally. And I mean, it, he's on such high edge, that whole party that it's, it reminds mm-hmm. me too of him looking for the present that his son made for him. And yes. he just like, can't let it go. He doesn't care if he destroys all these other presents that are probably worth thousands more dollars <laughs> than whatever his son made for him. But like, it, mm-hmm. and it's like devastating to him when he can't find it, you know, which I d- they never brought that up again either, but I don't know if he ever found it and what it was. Really doesn't seem like they did, like he ever found it. And I actually, I'm really curious what it was. Like, was it like, like a macaroni necklace? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Iverson's a little old for that maybe, but. Well, I also want to see the, what the wrapping paper looked like. The rabbit wa- yeah, wrapping Yeah, with the paper? rabbits. Hmm. Very interesting. All right. What's your number two? Um, My number two also, I guess the theme for me of all this stuff is, like, the sincerity thing. My number two is also from Too Much Birthday, and it is the opening scene of Kendall singing Billy Joel, <laughs> like, practicing his big performance. Mm-hmm. 
because it's like he was everything he did at his party including that song was him trying to be really snarky but there's nothing more vulnerable than someone like singing a ballad like using like he wasn't like singing in a jokey voice he was singing in like a beautiful his like a hundred percent sincere voice you know like Mm -hmm. he wasn't like smiling during it he was dead serious and it was just so like if he had done that at the party it would have been the most embarrassing thing in the world because it's like it was honestly heartbreaking him watching him sing that song trying to do a joke and failing like like, it's gonna be it's funny right yes and um his girlfriend or whatever she is is just like um it's yeah (laughs) yes and like oh my gosh it was just so painful but also like like he just also needed to sing (laughs) like it was just like (laughs) uh I still would have loved I'm I'm so glad that he didn't end up going through with it but I still would have loved to see what the actual like production looked like him like flying in singing the song the cross and how the cross was going to be incorporated and also the little Wu-Tang kids i wish we oh could have seen gosh. all of that i wish that were like a deleted scene that we could Me see too. <laughs> or like cut or could they draw up like his blueprints <laughs> like what were on all of his assistance plans like what did comfrey have in like a binder you know i would love to see that yeah i mean what else like we know about the um he hulk uh lunch boxes what else was there oh my gosh i forgot about the lunch boxes oh <laughs> so amazing <laughs> Uh, okay what is your number two my number two is tom's prison consultant (laughs) i did not know that that was like a legitimate thing but apparently it is for like rich people um oh my gosh and so i was i was i think it was like in an after the episode thing that i was watching where jesse armstrong was talking about it and he was saying that there's like so much more content that they like learned because they consulted an actual prison consultant and he was saying of course they did so much more exactly um info that like he wishes that they had time to like go into and i want this whole spinoff just about tom researching prisons because it was so again hilarious but also so heartbreaking yeah he like could not even think about anything else and just those like the flip book of um page like page protectors of different prisons that he wanted to go to (laughs) and like training with with eating the food and how to make the toilet wine and yeah oh my gosh I am kind of obsessed with it amazing Uh, and that just reminds me so much too like the theme of of him researching prisons and and like living his life so sad and being mm-hmm. willing to do this and like openly agreeing to be that like the fall guy mm-hmm. and and then like in the scene one I guess one of my bonuses could be the scene of favorite and least favorite moments is when Shiv's like can you stop talking about that <laughs> like, <laughs> like and then at the end like how do you think this season's gonna play out I never I never thought that he would actually have leverage but mm-hmm. it's it's actually so wild that like shiv really did tell him almost everything 
and gave him literally yeah. nothing in return and so it's just well yeah that because that's what he was to shiv he mm-hmm. to shiv he's just like the person that she can like tell things to and act as if it's like vulnerable and like she has this loving relationship where they're like open and honest but really it's like she's telling him so that she can think that she has someone on her side but really he would never like disagree or push back on her so it doesn't really count or matter Mm -hmm. number one was really hard to narrow down because i feel like i don't know what your number one is but i won't be surprised if we have the same number one yeah i i mean it i feel like everyone on earth their number one true number one moment has to be the finale scene with the the siblings in like their emotional triangle comforting kendall in italy Mm -hmm. it was like i have chills thinking about it even just like looking at like a a tiny like photo uh still of it like after the episode and even today like going through tweets it's like that was so beyond anything i you'll see on tv like it was so powerful like you could just like feel Ken, like the emotions of like Roman leaning like his whole body weight on Kendall's shoulders and like for Shiv to reach out and touch Kendall like that it's like they're finally kind of accepting each other like it was so so good yeah I completely agree it it reminded me a lot of that scene because there is that one scene I don't remember what se- if it's first season or second season where Kendall's having a breakdown and is like hugging Shiv. Oh yeah. Oh, when he's like, "It's not going to be me," mm-hmm. and he's like, um, "Take care of me. Like, just make sure that I'm taken mm-hmm. care of." Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. And so, but I feel like we hadn't really had like a full all three of them kind of showing emotions and like Mm-mm. being there for each other. So no. it was just so special and also like. I think we need to see that kind of stuff eventually, once a season, if that. Just to yeah. remember that these are real people that aren't truly, like, the most evil, vile people you've ever known. Yeah, I mean, so, cause I feel like, I mean, something that I have been thinking, especially when I was binging the seasons, and so it's, like, it's it's so interesting watching it week to week versus binging because... It's like all of their actions, every character's actions, it's just like piling on top of each other so quickly, you know? And so for me, someone who stood out in my rewatch was Shiv because every other time I've watched it, I've kind of, I think I've kind of been team Shiv typically, but watching it and seeing like how she just like, especially in season two, probably because she's starting to feel threatened by Roman, but she's like digs at Roman, even like in mixed company, like she's so unprofessional, even though she's like, kind of trying to get logan to promote her like all this stuff but like Mm -hmm. she's just like truly goes for the jugular all the time because that's kind of how she stays up um but and then you see her being relentless with tom this season especially like like when she literally tells him to his face i don't love you you're you're (laughs) like not good enough for me and then the very next day is like when Tom is like expressing that that he didn't like her saying that, she's like, "Well, I think you're being pretty manipulative to turn that against me." And I was just like, "Oh shit, what are you doing? What happens but- in Sex Vegas?" Oh my gosh, she's like, "That was dirty." But then, talk. Like, mm. but then, and then she I still felt heartbroken up to it for because her. she says, mm-hmm. "I love you, but I don't love you." Exactly. So, like, she's doing like truly 
you're I'm watching her do horrible things like and I'm like oh my gosh like Shiv is just like I don't know what to do with Shiv but then in the last episode I truly felt heartbroken for her someone that I've been Mm -hmm. like having such a like love-hate relationship with even more than some of the other characters but I was like Mm -hmm. devastated for her when she realizes what's going on and and how quickly she jumps to her brother's defense you know like I was Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh this is why we love these characters and love watching them win and then immediately fail (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was very complicated every time I've been talking to people about it they're like they always feel like they have to say like I mean, everyone's bad, but I was rooting for this person or something. And it's so funny to me because clearly everybody on this show is bad. I don't think there's a single person that is technically quote unquote good. Mm -hmm. And so I don't even think that matters. Like you can just throw that out the window. Everyone's on the same playing field. It's really just like, to me, I'm not even necessarily, I guess I'm, I'm never rooting for Logan, but other than that, I'm not usually rooting for one specific character. I mean, I am now with the siblings all together. Yeah. But I like all of them so much individually that it's too hard for me to choose, like, who I would actually want to see on top. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's just, like, I just, I'm here to watch the entertainment and exactly. the show. Yes. It's different than just, root- quote, unquote, rooting for people. That's not really. Yes. Especially because it literally, like, that would be impossible for me because it changes by the episode. Yeah. So, like, it would be exhausting trying to be loyal to one character. Like, it just doesn't Mm -hmm. work that way. Something else I was thinking about um, in reference to Shiv and the finale is I don't think she has more to lose because you can play both sides. But um, in the end, where where Logan's talking about how it's like up to them to make their own money now and like make their own futures. Like Shiv did, she was working Mm -hmm. in politics and like granted they're billionaires. So like she didn't like build up her uh, career from the ground up. Clearly she was probably handed like an internship at the beginning because of who her dad was and like his in with politics, but still like she had a job and like a life that she had like, built for herself outside of Waystar Royco Mm -hmm. and she decided to leave it to be part of the family business and then for Logan to do that I I just thought that her that was an interesting addition to why it hurt so bad for her totally well he he said exactly what he needed to say back when he was like well it's not going to be Kendall it's not going to be Roman Let's see if she can do it. And then she just, yeah. Because you took that top one of the sibling therapy session, I will say on the gravel, I'll I'll have a different number one and say that my favorite moment was Tom betraying Shiv and that very final scene of Tom over Shiv. I watched, I watched the final episode twice (laughs) in the day it was released and the second time I was watching it when that happened I just had chills all over my whole body it was just like Shiv's reactions were so 
so good because she's so good at not showing any sort of emotion, but she couldn't help herself to show a little bit of emotion. But she also was so angry because she knew that it was Tom. And I'm just so curious, like what's going through her mind? Because to me, if I were her, I would have like shrugged Tom off and been like, get away from me. Mm-hmm. And she didn't. So I'm just, I'm so, I'm so curious. It's so interesting. And also it's like, I'm really intrigued what is going to happen with them because Tom, it, it shows what a good actor Matthew McFadden is because like he comes in and he's like being a bad liar. He's like, oh no, what's wrong, Shiv? Like, it's like <laughs> his so... voice literally like cracks. It's like, like, hey, hey. It's it was like, it's like okay, so like, and Logan like patted him on the shoulder right in all their eyeline. You know, I mm-hmm. it didn't. As far as I could tell, Shiv was the only one that we see noticing. Mm-hmm. I think, but like, it was still just so funny because I'm like, how. Like, does Tom really think that Shiv's not going to figure that out, you know, or does he care? Like, mm-hmm. it'll just, I have so many questions and it's, it's like almost all about those two. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I agree. I feel like we should bring up the fact, like the debate all week about is Kendall dead? Like that is, it was, it's like they knew exactly what the internet was going to do after mm-hmm. that scene. And I'm personally so relieved that Kendall was not dead and that it was like just this scare because then like, yes, I would have liked to see how the siblings would have reacted and how Logan would have reacted to Kendall actually dying. And that would have been fascinating. But I mean, we kind of, he didn't physically die, but like he was 100% broken down. And so we did see, it did bring out different sides of the siblings finally like they you know what I mean and so it's like that was really it brought out such important scenes and Mm -hmm. it was so thrilling seeing them work together even though it's like you couldn't help but wonder like is this gonna work and of course it didn't so I don't know so I I really I enjoyed the debate all week but I'm really glad with how it turned out this time yeah I I mean I trust the succession writers with my life I should never question them I think Jordan and I are on the same page here that like it was too hard for us to de- 100% say like look uh Kendall's dead or Kendall's definitely alive mm-hmm. because like I think it could have been interesting either way but I think the writers definitely chose the right way because having that having the siblings all band together which is something I think I read today that Jesse Armstrong said he's always wanted to make sure that that happens and he couldn't figure out a way to have it so that they would all be against Logan. And I think that this was, it was just done so beautifully and mm-hmm. being, t- being able to see Kendall tell Shiv and Roman, I think the quote exactly is I'm all apart. Oh my yeah. gosh. It is, oh. was so heartbreaking. Yeah, that was, I mean, that could be part of my, t- my number one moment was finally him telling someone besides Logan what happened. Well, and I thought, I thought that Roman did such a good job of like talking him down and kind of showing him more of like the reality, maybe not necessarily the reality, but like a totally opposing view that Kendall hadn't even thought about because Mm -hmm. Logan was manipulating Kendall to feel as guilty as he did. And like, so that he could abuse him with it. 
Yes. Yeah, because that's exactly it. It's like, well, who was telling you all this? Who was feeding into all of like your worst thoughts? Who knows how you operate and can and use it against you? Your dad. Like, but it's Logan's in a, fault. And, and he does it in a way that it's him showing him he loves you, which is yeah. just manipulative, Ooh. abusing father 101. The show's it's, so good. It's so wild. <laughs> Also, okay, a bonus highlight for me was that we got to see Z-Way, one yes. of my favorite comedians. Z-Way. It was so good. Uh, I was kind of, well, I guess, I mean, they were in Italy, so it wouldn't have made that much sense, but I was kind of hoping that maybe her, that her character would <laughs> pop up again. Maybe next season, because she's part of the news, and like they Well, are... maybe they'll bring her in as a revamp to ATN eventually. <laughs> she's going to be an ATN pundit. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Uh, something actually I was thinking about when you were talking about how Shiv did have her own career independent from the family biz mm-hmm. was that it's so interesting, though, that then she ends up dating and then marrying like an ATN guy like that is pretty interesting. Like she couldn't really be fully separate. I mean, he wasn't part of ATN. Oh, yeah. What was he married. before? What was he, he before was over Cruises? I mean, I guess oh. I don't know what he was before Cruises. I mean, the first time we meet him, practically, he's, like, getting into Promoted. the Cruises. Yeah. yeah. I actually would like to know more about when they started dating. <laughs> like, yeah, because I actually don't know doing? if they started dating before he even got involved. Like, did she get him a job with the company or yeah. was he already working there? I actually don't know that. I don't know either because it kind of... To me, it just kind of made sense that, like, he was around and so, like, in the company and then that's how they met. Because it's kind of like, well, then why are you with him? Mm-hmm. Like, what, you know? So, but why would that, why would she be with him then, too? I mean, she's with him because she likes, she likes being the power player in the Yeah, she wants a doormat. Yeah. <sighs> wow. I'm trying to think of complaints. The only complaint that I can think of right now is that I really hated all of Shiv's Italy outfits. They were really bad. And I I was, like, curious. Like, I was thinking, like, are they trying to make her... uh, have us take take her more serious by having her in, like, such terrible outfits? If anything, it just made me kind of mad because... Jerry looked amazing, and um, also Logan's assistant, Carrie, her outfits were amazing. I loved her monochromatic pink outfit in the last episode, and Shiv's Mm -hmm. outfits were just so blah and bad. Distractingly bad. They weren't to my taste. I still think, I mean, Sarah Snook is, is, like, beautiful, so she still like looked like a beautiful person but yeah that was interesting yeah they didn't look like shiv outfits no they didn't at all they looked kind of like basic mm-hmm. one part where she's in italy and she's wearing like a brown more flowy dress and i mm. that's when she's talking to tom about <laughs> having babies but <laughs> um and i liked that one but i really especially the wedding day attire i just really hated and it made me you a little sad you didn't like the cap sleeves? <laughs> I did not like the cap sleeves. Also, well, the shoes were not flattering at all. 
It's interesting that you say that because of the dress. I feel like a lot of people really liked her dresses on Twitter. Oh, really? I only saw, I saw two negative comments and I never saw any positives, but IDK. That's so funny that that's the only bad thing you can think to say. (laughs) Is there anything that you would have changed or um, didn't like about this season? Um, I wish there were 10 episodes just because I want another one, but mm, that's, that's a great it. complaint. But also, do I wish that the pacing was so perfect that I don't actually wish that, you know? Yeah, it's true. The buildup was so good. I have chills again just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every episode that aired, I was like, this is my favorite episode. Wait, no, this is my favorite episode. Yeah, totally. I know. I want to rewatch it and actually pick. I was like, wait, okay, now that I've seen them all and I know they're all amazing, which are really my favorite episodes. There's no flops, honestly. No. Bangers all the time. And they're all so important. Yeah. All bangers Bangers all the time. time. I guess my only other complaint would be, and this is something, it's, again, it's not something I hate about the show, kind of like it about the show, is that they just leave you to put together what they're who they're talking about or what they're talking mm-hmm. about by context yeah. clues which i respect but i would say the most confused i was when the, when they were saying that sandy Furness is like horribly ill and i would have liked a little more i would like a little more context to that because that was completely off screen okay i'm glad you brought this up i mean it, it still is a little bit but back in season two i only know this bit from re-watching it um, so recently they talk about how he's been like getting ill and that's when they mention that he might have syphilis and they call it the MySpace of STDs. Oh, I had completely forgotten about that until I was rewatching it. And then when he's like extremely ill and they're like, I heard it's syphilis and someone's like, I thought we started that rumor. I still don't know if it's confirmed that it is syphilis, but they did build it up a little bit in a previous season, which I forgot about. Oh, okay. But still very confused. Well, then I guess I have no complaints after all. Because it's like it all ties back in. So it's like it they did talk about it, you know? Yeah. And like, um, I mean, to piggyback on that, those were my only complaints too. Like I was extremely confused in the first episode when Marsha, it was like said that she was estranged because like we didn't know that at all. Again, that I know of. Yeah, just I got really confused in the Gojo stuff because we were like thrown right into that stuff. But rewatching it a second time, I got it mm-hmm. much easier. And I did have to have Jordan explain it to me when we were watching it the first time and she was spot on. So that was a me thing, not necessarily a them thing. <laughs> it's I I mean, that's how I feel. It's rarely a them thing. It's always a me thing. Mm-hmm. Like going back and watching it, I can learn something new. Even, even in like the first seasons, totally that I've now seen, I think three, maybe four times. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning new things and picking up on great lines. Yeah, ditto. Okay, well, who is your crush of the week? Hmm. Well, it's pretty hard choice actually, but I am going slightly out of the box. My crush is Jesse Armstrong. <gasps> oh, good answer. He's yeah. very cute. He's very hot. And hearing him in the 
I mean, like, if if you haven't gone back and watched the after the final scene, which sometimes they are annoyingly hard to find, depending on, like, your HBO Max app. Like, they rarely play. They never play for me automatically after the episode. I have to go, like, looking for them. Yeah, but, like, it depends on, like, your player. Like, on Apple TV, it plays automatically. On my Xfinity thing, it doesn't. It's so annoying. It's very confusing. HBO Max, like... They have the best shows and they're still kind of like working through some issues. But (laughs) yeah, he is like, he's so smart. He knows these characters backwards and forwards. Like they're real people. He just like, is there someone better crafting a TV show? I really don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. Especially if we're working under the agreeance that this is the best show ever made yeah i think i think it is i think so too and that's a big big statement for this podcast seriously like, do we have to stop having this podcast because we found the best show <laughs> <laughs> that was been our goal all along was to find the best <laughs> show i um i just literally think that it's like not even really debatable that's the thing it's like yeah i agree i love so many shows and I have like top a top ten of shows that I'm so passionate about, and I just don't think that anything's like a perfect like it. Okay, you know, like on video games, like if there's like <laughs> different characters have different strengths, you know, like maybe like yeah. they're faster or stronger or something, or they're like they might be faster but they're not as strong, and so it's like a lower p- little bar. <laughs> Uh-huh. This show has uh-huh. like I'm following. All of the bars are tens. Like <laughs> characters, production value, acting, music, writing, everything. Everything. It's funny. It's perfect because it is funny and it's also horribly unfunny. Mm-hmm. It's it's perfect. There are no blind spots. None. No weak spots, nothing. Great answer. And I love hearing him talk about the process and just talk in general because he has a beautiful accent. Yeah. Love to hear it. My crush of the week goes out to our boys, Tom and Greg, because (laughs) they both looked really good at the wedding in their tan suits. I like couldn't get over it because I mean, I am attracted to Greg quite often, but Tom, I'm usually I'm never really attracted to him, and he looked really good in like his sunglasses, and just that that duo. I loved I love him. Tom, I saw some gifts of Tom from season one, and wow, does he look a lot better in season three? I was like, oh dang, he has really glowed on up. <laughs> Which I wonder if that was a um, purposeful. Probably, I feel like it probably was. Um. Yeah. I okay, here's the one thing I was thinking about. I was like I'm really glad that the whistleblower, I guess if you could call him a whistleblower, was Tom, not Greg. Because mm-hmm. Greg already kind of had his moment, you know, like yeah, and he said, really giving, dropped the ball. Yeah, giving the <laughs> and he ha- he like gave the documents to Kendall in season 2. Like I'm glad that when they're like who told who told that it was Tom to finally have a moment like that, you know. Mhm. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you think that um, Tom explained more of what the plan was to Greg or if Greg just kind of 
accepted blindly. I was wondering about that because what we see, mm. he doesn't totally explain what's going down. No, because I mean, the way I take it is that he's bringing Greg along with him and the siblings. Mm-hmm. The first time I see Tom telling him about mm-hmm. it. I I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's all Tom told him. And that Greg is kind of like, you know, I've come this far. And honestly, he and Tom really shared a lot this season. And I think Greg was one of the only ones that gave Tom any sympathy about going to prison. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, like, for all the stupid things that Tom's done to Greg and all that stuff, I think that Greg actually does trust him. And so that's that was my takeaway. But we'll see how I feel if I watch it again, if maybe there are scenes we didn't actually see, you know? Yeah. My final question for you. I think I saw someone post this question on Instagram and I was like, oh, that's fun. I'm going to, I want to ask Jordan. Okay. Um, final question. Do you like the dialogue and the banter between Greg and Tom more or between Roman and Shiv? Hmm. I mean, it's hard to say, hard to say that I like the banter between Shiv <laughs> and both- Roman. Yeah, they're both bad and, like, hard to hear in their own ways. I think, okay, here's an honest, hot, maybe a hot take. There's some of the dialogue, some of the Greg lines, I'm kind of like, okay, okay. Like, I get it. This is, like, Greg's the comic relief, you know? Like, sometimes I'm like, okay, like, how many, How often am I going to hear, like, is Nicholas Braun going to talk like this the whole show, you know? And yeah, like, like, I are we ever going to get to see him, like, taken seriously? Yeah, like, I think so. I think it's a little, a little played out. And I honestly, part of me blames Dumois because they, there's, <laughs> there's part of, part of me that Nicholas Braun has been a little tainted because of Doom, because of Dumois and all the DMs and, like... <laughs> I don't I don't hate him. Like he is I mean he's New York's most eligible bachelor. Yes. It's so and so I think that's a little that's a little affecting me. But um the Roman Shiv stuff that's such a good question. Because it's like grosser. They're both so like quippy and like mm-hmm. smart and like mm-hmm. fast. But yeah, it is I, always more harsh. It's yeah, and I think I think I my gut's telling me right now Shiv and Roman, even though theirs is always like, oh my gosh, like stop saying those disgusting things to your <laughs> brother. <laughs> but like, they're the only people that speak that language, so it's like they kind of it's that it's that total scenario where it's like they're so mean to each other, but also they're the only two that kind of like do like get it. Mm-hmm. Well, and. I know I mentioned this to you yesterday, but um, and have kind of mentioned it already. But for the, for siblings who don't really talk about their feelings and talk about like what's actually going on in their personal lives at home or anything like that, the way that they talk to each other with those lines are like they are still speaking truth, even if it's really harsh and being said in a sarcastic, funny-ish way. That it's really interesting that they still know those, like, really vulnerable parts about each other. Mm-hmm. Like, they're still very aware of their flaws and their insecurities and the things that they're doing, which is very fascinating. 100%. Going back to what I was saying earlier about when Shiv says Sawi back to Ro- <laughs> to Roman, 
because I that's honestly one of the only times and she makes jokes about him like his sex life the entire season like more so than Mm -hmm. ever also that was something interesting this season like we're finally confronting like what is actually Roman's sex life and well, and I think it was like stuff. all building up to the dick pic, but I there's yeah. got to be more too. There, it's it's yeah, building totally. up more. I don't think that's the end. I don't think so either. But I do think that maybe Shiv will lighten up a little bit after what they just all went through because she was looking for like ways to take him down, you know. And now totally. it's different story. But like that was like usually Roman can take it and he just dishes back something else really biting to Shiv. But that was the only time where he's like so caught off guard and like pretty hurt. Like he had to leave the room, you know, mm-hmm. but normally but you won't admit it because he, he comes it. back in the room and he's like, Oh, I had to go to the bathroom. I wasn't leaving. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, it's so crazy. I'm so excited to rewatch it. It's, it's beautiful. I mean, not to answer my own question, but, I was taking notes of all my favorite lines throughout the season and like almost all of them were from Greg or Tom. So I think I'd have to choose them, but both are, both are good in their own bad ways. I mean, the thing is like Tom, I, for some reason, I just always think of his line in season two and he's like, what does he say about like spinach or something? He's like the king of the lettuce or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I wow. don't remember, but even that dinner, they're like, okay, Tom, we're going to make fun of you the whole time and make you look like an idiot. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then like they do. And they're so mean. It's like, it, he's going to turn. He's going to like, he can't take it. He ha- He's ambitious too. I'm excited and hopeful that there will be something coming for Greg to be different because I feel like this is the first time we've seen a turn on Tom. Tom yeah. hasn't really had a lot of character development and has not had any opportunities really. So I'm excited. Yeah. Very excited too. Cannot wait for season four. Yeah. When are we getting that? Have they even said? I don't think so. Hmm. Wow. I forgot that we had to wait so long for this and it was like so fun watching it and now I know back to nothing. Back to boring old regular TV that's not the best TV. <laughs> I guess we have other things to watch. But now we can just search for something better even though we don't know if we'll find it but the search continues. Yeah. And it's funny because we always say like we're the most critical of the shows we love the most. The show's too perfect to even have any critiques other than someone's outfit and maybe something's a little too played up but it's mostly because of Dumois you know (laughs) seriously well actually that (laughs) one more thing because actually (laughs) that ties into because obviously the whole the Jeremy Strong um interview piece that dropped that everyone's talking about and it something I said to I think I said this to you this week where I was like, I don't care. I don't want to know what these actors are like in real life. I, They are so good at playing these characters. I just want them to be these characters in my mind, kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, and that also, I didn't really think about how, like, knowing that I want Greg to just be Greg. I don't want to know. I don't really want to know anything about them. Mm-hmm. They're just so, like, that's how important this show is to me almost, that I'm like, that it's just like, 
I don't know. And also seeing the results we get from Jeremy Strong being it's worth so it. method. Um, uh, He's an artist. We like it. Truly. It's worth it. Whatever he has to go through. I mean, hopefully it's nothing actually traumatizing, but right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever he's doing is working. But I will say um, Nicholas Braun, a.k.a. Cousin Greg, posted a series of like behind the scenes photos today on Instagram. And if you care to see some footage of what Nicholas and Sarah Snook, a.k.a. Shiv, are like out behind the camera, there's a really cute video of them dancing. And I do love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to turn that stuff down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just still I think I said this, too. I'm just still recovering from when you watch season one and you're like, hmm, that guy was Mr. Darcy. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's yeah, it's a wild ride. We love to hate them. And as Greg says in the last last episode, the verdict is love your honor. (laughs) Great line. And great way to close this episode. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.